On this episode of the Popcorn Diet, we're going back 20 years to reevaluate Oscar history in hindsight. That's right, it's our fourth annual Hindsight Awards. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on the steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, do you have your glasses of hindsight on today? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think I'm ready. I think you know what you know what the hindsight words do to me? They just make me feel old. It's true. Because yeah. all these movies we're gonna talk about, while they seem like they came out a long time ago, it's weird to think that I was fifteen. Fourteen, fifteen. When yeah. they came out. So yeah. that that that's kind of making me feel older. We've kinda we kinda did it to ourselves. The first Two years of the Hindsight Awards, we looked back at 5, 10, and 20 years. And that was a lot. And we were going to start running into ourselves like fairly f- like quickly. Like five seasons in. Yes. Like five, the fifth one we'd be done effectively. <laughs> and so there's, you know, we're not the only people to do this. We're not the only people to look back at the Oscars or to suggest that Oscars should be handed out retroactively. We're, you know, we didn't originate or coin this idea, but we have decided that it's not five years, it's not 10 years, which a lot of people seem to think is the sweet spot. We're going 20 years into the past, as, as we do every year, around this same time. This year's a little bit different because of COVID and the Oscar delays and stuff like that. So this is the latest in the, in the year that we have done our hindsight awards. But you can go back and listen to our first, second, and third annual hindsight awards and listen to how you know we kind of broke down the different movies that came out and discussed, and this is my favorite part, is even though, yes, 20 years is a lot, and yes, we were just getting started with high school when the the year of 2000 occurred, and it does make us feel old. I do think it really does help with standing the test of time and going back in true hindsight and looking at what's happened and looking at the movies that we still talk about or we still say like, yeah, that movie's dope. That movie's amazing. And so before we get into the nominees this year and before we get into what the Oscars did and all that stuff, just as a recap, last year we opened, and we do this every year, we open the voting on our website, we throw it on social media, we, we do all, all of that, and we open it up to you, the listeners, to go to popcorndietpodcast.com and vote for you who you think should win. Now, here now, when we go through these, we'll probably say what we would, you know, lean into. But you, the, the listener, have the ultimate decision. Last year, it was a near clean sweep for Fight Club. Fight Club, in hindsight, was correctly, in my opinion, recognized as the best movie, the most influential movie that came out. Supporting actor went to Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Supporting actress went to Helena Bonham Carter in Fight Club. Actor went to Edward Norton. Actress went to Hilary Swank 
it's kept kept her award the only one i think to keep her award for boys don't cry david fincher won best director for fight club and fight club won best picture and so that's one of the other interesting things particularly the hillary swank thing we'll talk about this when we get to best actress in my opinion and again it's just my opinion but when you look back at what was happening like, there really was not a lot of interesting lead actress roles happening. And I think now we live in a world where that is very different. And so that's really cool. I'm really into that. I really like that that's kind of where we're at right now. But with all of that being said, just as a little intro here, this, this we intend for this to go a little bit shorter than usual, but you never know how some of these conversations may, may come out. But let's start. Again, we are redoing, we are looking back at the 73rd annual Oscars on the eve of the 93rd annual Oscars, which are going to be in about a week and a half uh, of this release. And we are looking back at the Oscars that were Set in 2001, but they looked back and celebrated the films of 2000. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the year 2000s of film. David, was there anything that stuck out to you about this year? To me, a lot of it stuck out as pretty, like, average. This, doesn't, this wasn't a huge movie year, in my opinion. There wasn't a boatload of amazing movies. How dare you? It's, I'm just saying. There was a lot of, How like... How dare you? There was a lot of steady handwork. Like, there was a lot of, like, solid efforts from good craftsmen and women. But, I don't know. I was underwhelmed. I feel like this was a very rewatchable year. Okay. So you may not call it, you know, a... An elite year as far as like your Oscar quality films, but I feel like there's a lot of movies in this year that people watch over and over again. I'll throw sure. out some random ones out there. Okay. I've watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas about 97 times in the last six months because <laughs> my two soon to be 30 year old is obsessed with it and makes us watch it all the time. Fair. That's a, that is now in the all timer Christmas. Rotation. Gone in 60 seconds, I feel like, is always on cable. <laughs> and you it's can true. see glimpses of it all the time. There's some you, solid movies. You have um, you have X-Men. You have First Almost X-Men. Famous. You have Boiler Room, which is played in all sorts of sales rooms. That's true. We got a poster of it hanging up. Absolutely. There is a lot of rewatchable stuff here. You've got... Uh, Mission Impossible 2, you've got Pitch Black. Remember the Titans is shown by probably every football coach to their, their high school team at some point. You've got the Patriot, which is like the B version of Braveheart. Right. <laughs> you've got... Very important to young Heath Ledger fans. Absolutely. Replacements There's is on TV all the time. You got some great submarine action. Didn't we have dueling submarines this year? Didn't we have U five seven one? And wasn't uh, this also U five seven one is dope? The, d- isn't this also though when we got Widowmaker? Whatever it was, K nineteen. I think it was this year too. No, I feel like we had dueling uh, submarines, but maybe it was on on kind of the separate years, but close uh, to each other. I'll tell you right now, K nineteen the Widowmaker is two years later. Oh, okay. And U fives. This so you say rewatchables. There is a lot of of like dad movies. Snatch on the list. Scary movie. The original scary movie. Like, yeah. There's a lot of like the originals on here. You you named a ton, um, but like 
Also, like case in point, like Bring It On came out this year. The coyote, despite the fact that there wasn't a ton of like, what in my opinion, nominatable female leads, you 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 did have a big triple threat of Bring It On, Charlie's Angels, Coyote Ugly, boom, boom and Aaron Brockovich and uh, Aaron Brockovich. Like, this is a big female year for movies. Big year for female led movies. But also, like you had mentioned, you know, Proof of Life, dad movie for sure. Rules of Engagement, dad movie. Uh, space, space Cowboys, you know, The Perfect Storm. Uh, some really unbreakable this year. What Lies Beneath, What Women Want. Like there's a lot. There's definitely some good movies, but I do think you nailed it on the head, which is like in the in the grand scheme of things, are they all timers? Not really, but they're solid. But steady. Even like a movie like it's funny as we were doing kind of our research and, and kind of diving into this, you also meet the parents, another uh-huh. another one's franchise the starter there. Um but like what lies beneath, I was like, I feel like I remember a lot of like buzz around what lies beneath. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Did people like that movie? I'm trying to remember. And I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and it was like fifty eight percent. I'm like, okay, I think it was just remembered for being memorable. Maybe I not. loved what lies beneath. <laughs> I remember what lies beneath being like dope as as hell. Um, I love that movie. The Emperor's New Groove came out. A lot of movies coming out this year. A lot of stuff coming out this year. But again, com- like I don't think there is anything this year that was as groundbreaking as some of the movies that were out last year. Or, or I'm sorry, in 1999, the previous year. You're talking like Fight Club. You're talking The Matrix. You know, things that are on, like, Meet the Parents is good, but is it better than Office Space? I think Office Space gets more play, you know, because Office Space was last year. But, I th- again, average, you know, good, solid, showing up on TNT. If it's, it's definitely going on my uh, watch list if it's on a streaming service. Yep, yep. Some really good stuff this year. So we're going to go through our top six categories. We're, we don't do the screenplay ones. I, I thought about adding screenplay this year, but I decided against it. All right. And we are going to start with supporting actor. Now, here's who the Oscars nominated for supporting actor last year. Joaquin Phoenix, Gladiator. Great nominee. Mm. Great, great villain. Mm. Love it. Uh, Albert Finney for Aaron Brockovich. Solid. Very good. Um, Willem Dafoe for Shadow Shadow of the Vampire. Not really talked about that much anymore. I mean, Mm. he got to play a vampire, so there's that. He's... He's believable as a vampire. He is, he is very believable as a vampire. Jeff Bridges, who played the president in The Contender. And then the winner was Benicio Del Toro for Traffic. Mm. Some, so let's talk about who we're going to keep. Because we've already, we've already decided that we're going to keep at least two of these. right? Benicio, We're for absolutely sure. keeping Benicio. And we're keeping Joaquin Phoenix yeah. for Gladiator. Like, Joaquin Phoenix... This this year is an incredible double whammy of just the the villains you hate the most with Joaquin Phoenix and Jason Isaacs in The Patriot. Like Tavington is a top tier piece of garbage in The Patriot, and I really like that about him. Some of the other ones that we uh, that we had this year, some of the other performances that we had this year. Obviously, you have 
Philip Seymour Hoffman in Almost Famous. You have Jared Leto, who showed up in American Psycho. Vin Diesel, always, in my opinion. Mm, I don't want to say the, a better actor, because that feels inflammatory. But I think when Vin Diesel is not the star of the show is when he really shines. He was very good in Boiler Room. Um, this was the debut of Jack Black in High Fidelity, really came onto the scene. Obviously, Brad Pitt won last year uh, for Fight Club, but he came back this year with Snatch. Fight Club, Snatch, one-two punch is a pretty solid combo there. Uh, and probably one of my other favorite not-quite nominees was Jeffrey Wright in Shaft as Peoples Hernandez. Another like, oh, this guy is going to be around for a while. So let's talk about who you think you should. we should be added to that list. Let's compare our list here. Who do you have as other potential nominees? Well, I, I started with, I added in Philip Seymour Hoffman for Almost Famous. For Almost Famous. It's a movie I really love. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's not in it a ton, but... What he is in it, it is great. He's, he's coming in hot yes. when, he's, uh, when he's in those scenes. Yes. So I enjoyed him. I remember him. He's one of the characters I vividly remember mm -hmm. um, in that movie. Uh, I also had Jared Leto for American Psycho. Okay. If nothing else for his his murder being one of the more memorable uh, Paul aspects. Allen. I was going to say, are you mad he didn't get nominated for the little things this year? <laughs> and so this is restitution. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> um, no, those were those were the ones that, you know, are kind of. I remember those roles a whole lot more than I remember Willem Dafoe and Jeff Bridges and Jeff Bridges. And, and you kept Albert Finney as well. Yep. And I kept Albert Finney. That being said. We'll we'll lead into yours, but there's there's one that I blanked on when I did my list yes. that is definitely going in there. So I'll let you go through yours. And so that's what we're gonna do here is we're gonna kind of negotiate what we think our top five should be. I also kept Benicio, I kept Joaquin Phoenix, I got rid of everybody else. I desperately and and this has become a theme for me, but comedies and comedic performances are some of the most egregiously uh, ignored by the Academy. So most of my nominees are typically in comedic performances to really try and balance that, that injustice, if you will. So I got rid of Jeff Bridges, I got rid of Willem Dafoe, and I got rid of Albert Finney, all great actors in great performances that may are probably not their best. And I put in Eugene Levy in Best in Show, which is maybe my favorite Christopher Guest mockumentary, which I know is sacrilegious when you have Spinal Tap out there. But Best in Show is incredible, and I love Eugene Levy in it. I have Brad Pitt in Snatch, which I will admit I added to this list without remembering that we gave him the award last year, but who cares? Like, he's great in Snatch. And then my last one was Jack Black in High Fidelity. Because, again, you want to talk about a guy who comes in like a tornado and takes over the movie every time he's in it and perfectly encapsulates that type of person who would work at a radio store like that. That's, my, that's who I have. That's my, my top five. Now, the question is, how are we going to balance this out? We got to have, have a little give and take here. You said you were going to give up Albert Finney. 
for Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, I I could I could give up Albert Finney for for Brad Pitt. Okay, so now the question is, who do you want to sacrifice Jared Leto for? Because I cannot let the Jared Leto nomination slide. <laughs> like I will I will since we agree on three of the four. You know, I, I will let you pick one of between Eugene Levy and Jack Black to substitute him for Jared Leto. And then I will take the other and substitute it for Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know what? I actually we're gonna throw a curveball here. Uh oh. I actually would like to remove Philip Seymour Hoffman. Whoa! Okay, which is the first category, but all right. And put in Jonathan Isaacs. Jason or Jason Isaacs, Isaacs for oh, the Patriot. Bitch. There's there's few villains I've hated more in a movie than him in the Patriot. And I'm thinking, you know, the other answer to that question would be Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. Yes. <laughs> and they came out in the same year. And it's so, and they both not only did they come out in the same year, they're almost the same character and they almost die in the exact same way. Yep. So like shouts out to Jason Isaacs and Joaquin Phoenix. Um, okay, well that's interesting. So I'm fine going. Uh, I'm fine going with either Eugene Levy or Jack Black for Jared Leto. So now I gotta pick one to sacrifice. Uh, I'm going to since Eugene Levy's on a roll, and since Shit's Creek is a big deal, I will put in Eugene Levy, and I will swap out Jack Black for Jason Isaacs. And so that leaves us with I think an agreeable five here. Benicio. Benicio del Toro for uh, for traffic, Joaquin Phoenix for Gladiator, Eugene Levy for Best in Show, Jason Isaacs for The Patriot, and Brad Pitt for Snatch. Yep. Okay, lock it in. Those are our five uh, hindsight best supporting actor nominees. So now we get to go to best supporting actress, and again, tough. Uh, we did not. I don't think we swiped out a ton. I think we kept a bunch. Well, no, we swapped out a ton. So <laughs> now that I look at it, so the winners or the nominees last year for this year were Julie Walters for Billy Elliot, Frances McDormand for Almost Famous, Kate Hudson for Almost Famous, Judy Dench again for Chocolat, and Marcia Gay Harden won for Pollock. Which, again, I don't know how many people are talking about Pollock. I don't which, know how many people which was, can tell me even what Pollock was about. It was I can do this with no research at all because sure. Jackson Pollock is an American. Um, I can't even remember his style. He's a splatter painter, basically. He's it's all abstract, but he does it by splattering the paint on his oh, yeah. on his canvases. Oh, I know who he and is. And so it's kind of Ed Harris. It was like his like passion project is to make a biopic about Jackson Pollock and he played Jackson Pollock and was well received and then nobody ever talked about it again. I can't gun like I cannot think of the last time part, I even thought about this movie. Part of me also thinks the movie is immediately disqualified if I can't picture the movie poster. Yes. And don't know. I couldn't even nope. venture to guess. No nope. Knowing that it's about Jackson Pollock, I could see it being splatter painting. Uh -huh. <laughs> now, Marsha Gay Harden's an incredible actress. She was, it was one of my favorite performances, and maybe one day when we get to this year, we'll talk about it, is her supporting performance in The Mist, where she is just a, just 
terrifying. All right. Um, l- love her as an actress. Don't remember this movie. Don't remember this performance. So she's out. Uh, we only kept, you and I both kept the same first two. We kept both Almost Famous nominees, Kate Hudson and Frances McDormand. And then we both agreed to add in Catherine Zeta-Jones for Traffic. And there were a couple of really interesting nominees this year. You know, some big names were out there and you le- you leaned into the big names. Tell us some of the big names you leaned into. So I went, did you mention Catherine Zeta-Jones already? Yes, we okay, got her. So we, got, we both agreed on that one. I went with, you know, coming back to the well of American Psycho, throwing another one at the wall. It was uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Again, probably not her most memorable performance as far as her career. Right. But, again, when I look at the list, as much as we've talked about this was a better year for women like leads, Mm -hmm. not quite the case (laughs) I mean, we we threw together a bunch on the wall, and there's still only 19. Yeah, there's <laughs> so, not. There's not. It's not. And there, none of them, quite literally none of them, would you argue that it's their best performance? No. Like, none of them. And so the other one I went with was Gabrielle Union. Bring, for it, Bring on. it on. The Clovers. Mostly because, again, when we, we think in hindsight, we think about what performances, what movies – continued on and yes. I feel like that had a big cultural impact mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to say it was like like I would never advocate for her have having won for, for the category no this would be an example of one of those years when you're like it's just we gotta someone's gotta fill the fifth nomination yeah but and it was also like it was a big like this was oh Gabrielle Union that's somebody and she's been a steadily working actress, one of the more steadily working black actresses out there mm-hmm. for the last 20 years. Sure. She's in Bad Boys, married to Dwayne Wade. Like, that's not too bad. Yeah. Right? And if we can do that for Kate Hudson, who I would argue has maybe similar output, especially lately. Sure. And Kate Hudson got the nomination for coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? Sure. Why not? So I like that. Like we had we had performances from Tilda Swinton this year. We had performances from Helen Hunt, Carrie Ann Moss, Holly Hunter, Robin Wright, Jennifer Connelly, Kate Winslet. Like big names in supporting categories that are just they're just nobody's favorites. I just remember with Quills, which is what Kate Winslet was in. All I, I, that one I can picture the movie poster because it's got Jeffrey Rush on the it's dirty, front of it. It's and dirty. It's, Jeffrey Rush is the Marquise de Sade. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember always seeing it in Blockbuster and being like, I have no interest in watching this. No. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's precursor to, I would argue, precursor to Bridgerton. Dirtier, nastier Bridgerton, <laughs> basically. It's like, we're going to set this in old-timey London or whatever, and it's going to be real dirty and real sexy. And I didn't like that combination at all, especially if Jeffrey Rush is on the poster. Shouts out to Jeffrey Rush. I mean, no offense. So for me, my two, again, I went more towards comedy. Yeah, it's Jeffrey Rush leering all over Kate Winslet. Just not into what that's. I'm out. I'm what, out. What we're saying. Let's love you, Jeffrey Rush, but no. Um, <laughs> so for me, I went comedy yet again. Uh, my two that I added on were Parker Posey for Best in Show and Marissa Tomei from What Women Want. Mm. 
Now, Parker Posey Best in Show is a legitimately genius comedic performance that I will fight for. Marissa Tomei is really on here because I will never forget that in What Women Want, Mel Gibson, shout out to Mel Gibson, we're not going to touch Mel much today, uh, went with Helen Hunt, who I've never, you know, she's fine. <laughs> Great actress. <laughs> Instead of Marissa Tomei. And, like, the character I just felt was just... Marissa Tomei was just a bright light in What Women Want. Is Marissa Tomei in What Women Want the same character? Is that hot Aunt May? Yes. (laughs) Yes. She's... I feel like she's in the same uh, apartment. We should should do some research on whether she's living in the same area of town. Does she live in Brooklyn? Why does she have to be hot Aunt May? Why can't she just be, like, young, spry Aunt May? Well, because we're comparing her to previous Aunt May. To, to freaking <laughs> Sally Field. God bless Sally Field. And but like, not even like Sally Field being like her current age Sally Field. No. Like, let's make Sally Field look like older. 10 years older. Yes. Yeah. It's, and then the Sam Raimi's Aunt May, who's grandmama, basically. Yes. So, um, sorry to derail us into another Spider-Man that's a, that's okay. conversation. All I'm saying is I watched my cousin Vinny like two days ago and Marissa Tomei is incredible in it and absolutely deserved her Oscar. <laughs> no nonsense. She deserved it. And I wanted to bring it back. However, let's make a deal here. I cannot abide by your Reese Witherspoon nomination. <laughs> <laughs> I can't abide by <laughs> She's okay. like she's like the eighteenth thing remembered in American Psycho, a movie remembered for I forgot she was in it. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. So I will offer you Gab. You give you keep Gabrielle Union. I like it, and I will I will toss Marissa Tomei as much as it hurts my heart, and we keep Parker Posey and we toss Reese Witherspoon. All right. Okay, lock it in. Let me do let me do a little bit of editing here. I held off of throwing in a new person again. Oh, well, if you would have thrown in a new person, who would you have thrown in? I was considering Carrie Ann Moss for Memento. Okay. But uh again, I'm I'm good with our list. I I'm happy with our list. I'm good with our list as well. Also, she did get a nomination last year for Trinity, I believe. So There you go. You know, we gave her some See, love. I was giving her I was keeping the momentum keeping going. Keeping that momentum going. Uh, okay, so our five supporting actress nominees, Kate Hudson and Frances McDormand, both in Almost Famous, Parker Posey, Best in Show, Gabrielle Union, Bring It On, and Catherine Zeta-Jones, Traffic. You happy with those? I mean, it's we, we, had, we, it's we had to we have, have five people in the court, it's in the we categories. <laughs> we, we really don't, I really don't think that we, and this is why we do the Hindsight Awards, because sometimes we should just be able to say like, this category sucks this year. There's nothing good. Nobody's at the top of their game except maybe Kate Hudson. So it is what it is. It's true. But we really are benefit benefiting in, in newer years where there are so many great performances. And so that's the trade-off. You know, That's the trade-off you get by doing it now, in the moment, versus in hindsight. Best actor. I have a feeling, David, the winner of this will not change. No. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep these next two we're gonna pontificate about, but it really is just we're gonna argue for second place. Yep. Um so for best actor, the nominees were 
Jeffrey Rush and Quills. Okay. Ed Harris and Pollock. Okay. Tom Hanks in Castaway. Yeah, you keep that. Yeah, yeah. Javier Bardem in Before Night Falls. Not really what everybody talks about, Javier Bardem mm-hmm. anymore. And then Russell Crowe. I am Maximus Decimus Meridius. My name is Gladiator. Like, come on. It, 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 it's one of, like, the defining best actor performances For sure. of the last 20 years. For sure. So he is 100% we're keeping him. Absolutely. And we both agreed 100% we're keeping Tom Hanks. Yep. Some of the other ones that came out this year. We already talked about the movie. Christian Bale, American Psycho. Finally. Not so performance. Finally, I get one. I, I tried three times. We're gonna. I think we're gonna stick. This one's gonna stick. This one's gonna <laughs> stick. I know you pulled from American Psycho a couple times. This one's sticking. Like this is one of those performances that was just he was too young and it was too weird and the Academy was too old and too traditional. But this yep. is one of those that has stood the test of time. Um, you got some uh, really good ones. John Cusack and High Fidelity. You got Guy Pierce and Memento. Memento. We brought Memento up a couple times. Clooney's got a couple of contenders in this and the in Oh Brother Where Art Thou in the Perfect Storm. Uh, Mel and the Patriot. Mel, you know, again, Braveheart Light, but yeah, nonetheless, a couple of my favorite ones: um, Colin Farrell in Tigerland. Mm. This was the movie that kind of announced Colin Farrell to the sure. world. And if you haven't seen Tigerland, it's by Joel Schumacher who directed. Batman and Robin. And it is one of those movies that reminds you that Joel Schumacher is actually a really, really good director. It's a Vietnam movie. Very good movie. Shea Wingham's in it. Like Great cast. Highly recommend revisiting that again. Um, and then a couple of comedies as well. So, David, who did you have? Because we all, both, all three, agree, we, we agreed on Russell Crowe, Tom Hanks, Christian Bale. So that gives you two more spots. I went with my boy Billy Crudup for Almost Famous. I am a golden god. Yep. One Billy of those... Crudup always has felt as if he should be bigger. Yeah. I always felt like, and I, you know, I think I was first introduced to him in this movie. And I agree. Then I, I, think same. I really enjoyed him in his Prefontaine movie, Without Limits. Okay. Yep. And... <laughs> I, it, and from that point on, and, and granted, that was influential in me when I was in high school and mm-hmm. running distance and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, but I've just always enjoyed him in everything that he's been in, and I felt like he's been been very good in everything that he's been in. He has been I very good. In he's he's, he's been typically in. in a supporting role, but I always feel like he's very good in that supporting role. He's that's the thing. It's like he has parlayed it into. A solid list of supporting roles. He never really. This was like really his only big lead that is memorable to me. Yeah. Like everything else, I always think of him in a supporting role. I mean, without limits, like you said. Sure. Jesus, sure. Jesus's son is the like. That's the indie one mm-hmm. that he's known for amongst the indie community, but he was a uh, real great shit heel. John Musgrave in Mission Impossible Three. Mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan and Watchmen, mm-hmm. Public Enemies, J. Edgar Hoover. He was in Spotlight, you know, except he was, I think he was one of the lawyers. Like, he wasn't one of the Spotlight guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie, you know, he's 
the journalist. He's one of the captains in Alien Covenant. He's Flash's dad in uh, in Justice League. Even though he just got replaced, but that's all right. Which is, again, weird, but it's like <laughs> a solid list of supporting roles. He never really yeah. jumped up beyond that. I think he won... I, I think he won... Let me see here. He did win the Emmy for The Morning Show, which is the mm. Apple TV series yep, yep. that's like almost self-parody. Yeah. And he got a lot of really good reviews for being on The Morning Show. But, yeah, just weird career for Billy Crudup. Yeah. Um, who, unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to argue against you on in, in a minute here. Who because, is your last one? Because the other one is Jim Carrey uh-huh. in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh-huh. And I feel like taking that movie from, you know, the, I think it was like a 35-minute yeah. <laughs> animated movie. Yeah. And bringing it to life in a, a ninety-minute movie, it's become a Christmas classic. Like it's it what has. you watch. I would argue that the the original has become almost unwatchable for me. Like I, there's, it's tough for me to watch. I just want to watch the Jim Carrey version. We're now so old that now there's a, the Benedict Cumberbatch version, which I've also watched too many times. Copious amounts yes, of times. Yes. Yes. I remember watching this this last holiday season, and the, my biggest thought was, like, this movie is horny. Like, that movie is incredibly horny. Um, but Jim, here's, here's, a, here's my case for Jim Carrey for the How to Grinch Stole Christmas. Look at the cat in the hat, and look at what happens when you put Mike Myers, who is a very talented performer in a similar type of role and it doesn't work out and how badly that central performance can ruin the film. Yeah. And just the stuff that Jim Carrey did like is incredible. It's great. And even though we honored him for the Truman show like a couple seasons ago, mm-hmm. I think it's worth putting on there. Absolutely. Like you don't get a lot of love for those under a ton of makeup, big broad performances. But as you said, like it's in the rotation. Well, and I would also argue, who are you going to put in that role and can make that movie what it was? No one. No one else. No, Literally no one. Name yeah. me a comedian. No, no one. So I agree with you. Although Andy Kaufman's How the Grinch Stole Christmas would be the most surreal, lunatic <laughs> thing ever created. It'd be <laughs> nuts. Um, I'm going to... So my, here are my two. Uh, I threw in Denzel for Remember the Titans. Maybe one of the greatest coach performances in a sure. movie. In one of the greatest modern, like, classic sports movies. But the one I'm going to fight for, we're in the middle of a, of a, a, a Frasier renaissance, a resurgence for Brendan Frazier. And Be Dazzled came out this year, which is where Brendan Fraser makes a deal with Elizabeth Hurley, who is the hot devil. And I got to tell you, as 14, 15-year-old Ricky Williamson, Be Dazzled meant a lot to me for a variety of reasons. For Brendan Fraser? No, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but Brendan Fraser, like I said, this is there's a little bit of like, this is the... Uh, this is like the, the a Homer kind of pick. This is like an emotional pick because of his story about how he got blacklisted from Hollywood, this whole story of what he went through, and this kind of resurgence of recognizing that, like, Brendan Fraser, we really did not respect what we had with Brendan Fraser. 
in terms of leading man looks, in terms of the type of humor that he was able to pull off. And I think Bedazzled is a perfect example of that, about it, the multiple characters, as broad as they are, but the multiple characters that he has to play, he does so incredibly well. So you and I are on a little bit different sides of the Brendan Fraser conversation. Are we? I've never you... been a huge Fraser fan. Oh, get out of here. Come on, The Mummy? The Mummy. Think about him in The Mummy. Again, he's he's not my favorite part of The Mummy when I watch it. Or What's your favorite part of The Mummy? Is it The Mummy? Is I mean, it Rachel ev- Weiss? I, I mean, everything else. I, well, first and foremost, The Mummy isn't my favorite movie to begin <laughs> with. So... No, but it's I'm not that saying goes that. that goes hand in hand with it. It's not my favorite movie, but it's dope. I mean, we what, what's your favorite Brendan Fraser role in Cino Man? It it honestly might be the Mummy. Like <laughs> it might be the Mummy, but like think about it, in Cino Man, great, great stuff. George of the Jungle, real dumb, but great <laughs> stuff. Blast from the past, delightful. <laughs> I know you give me shit every time I say a movie is delightful. Blast from the past, and I know there are listeners that will agree with me, is delightful. <laughs> and I think Bedazzled is also delightful as well. And so I'm going to ride or die with Brendan Fraser here. I've just never been a, a big Brendan Fraser fan. We might have to do there's, Brendan Fraser rewatch. There's, there's, there's been plenty of, there's plenty of actors I ride, ride with, but he's never been one of them. School Ties? Is it School Ties? I don't remember which one of the school movies he's in. He's in a school <laughs> movie as well. He's doing the voice of uh, of the robot man in 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 uh, Doom Patrol, HBO Max. He's got he's got basically Vin Diesel's role. He doesn't even have to show up. Some it's some guy in a suit, and he does the voice. That's good work for Brendan Fraser. It's good work for his his agent. Well, as we talked about before, I will uh, in these situations, I'll let you. Uh, All right. I'll let you uh, decide, but I think we have to keep Jim Carrey in there. I think it's stupid that I'm sacrificing Brendan Fraser or Billy Crudup for Brendan Fraser, and I own and I own that. <laughs> but also, this is our podcast. And I was going to say whatever we want. All I know is history will uh, will probably stand with me a little bit more, and who who was more deserving? But that's well, okay. And I do think ultimately, like Russell Crowe's winning this. Sure, absolutely. And he, nobody's knocking him off the throne here. I agree. I this agree. is our opportunity to recognize those those lesser heralded performances. And so I shall do so. <laughs> All right. Billy Crudup won an Emmy. He's got an award already. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. Give Brandon Fraser some love. Uh, what do we got next? We got best actress. Yep. We just did actor, right? Again, not a strong year. No. Just not a strong year for every anybody. I would argue some good ones at the top. Some, some memorable ones at the top, but it drops off real quick. It drops off real quick. So here were the Oscar nominees. Laura Linney for You Can Count on Me. Ellen Burstyn for Requiem for a Dream. Boy, that movie. Juliette Binoche for Chocolat. Joan Allen for The Contender. And Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich. And again, we're just all we're gonna argue about second place here, because Julie Roberts is not not winning for Aaron Brockovich. Like mm-hmm. you're talking, sure. that is a classic, iconic, iconic best actress performance. Yep. That being said, we subbed out. You subbed out four of the five. I subbed out three of the five. I believe. Mm-hmm. Who did you put in there? 
Who did you See, put I, in as the second place? You were quick to bash me for Brendan Fraser. I was. But I gave love to your bedazzled, and, and I put Elizabeth Hurley in there. Oh, boy, Elizabeth Hurley. I went back to the uh, back to bring it on with Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, bring it on. Uh, I went with Sandra Bullock for Miss Congeniality. Okay. And I had Meg Ryan for Proof of Life. I think it's hilarious that both of us have Proof of Life in here. Do you remember Proof of Life? Oh, I do. Proof of Life is also awesome. I enjoy it very much. And that movie suffered from the whole tabloid soap opera behind the scenes of Meg Ryan, Dennis Quaid, Russell Crowe, all of this nonsense. But Proof of Life is a very good movie. It is. Meg Ryan is very good in it. Mm -hmm. And David Caruso who I had on the short list for Best Supporting Actor, also incredible in it. Like this, David Morse as well. Very good movie um, that got completely sidetracked by all of the drama regarding its making. But I also had Meg Ryan. I like how you just went with big names. You know, this was... Kirsten Dunst had been around for a while, but Bring It On was, was a big, popular movie for her. Elizabeth Hurley, like, again, I think underappreciated, and I'm just going to, like, do 15-year-old Ricky a favor and nominate her for Best Actress here. Sandra Bullock, maybe if she maybe if she gets nominated here, she doesn't do The Blind Side? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe there's a weird butterfly effect there. Um, mine were a little bit different. I had Julie Roberts as well, obviously. She's still going to win. And I threw in Meg Ryan. I also threw in Elizabeth Hurley. My two, I kept Joan Allen for The Contender, which Joan Allen, I think, underrated actress, like, for one who has been able, because actresses, you know, they have their ups and downs. They, it, this Hollywood is bullshit, where suddenly you turn 40 and all you can do is play grandparents. And I think Joan Allen has had a pretty solid career all the way through. And I think she's gotten a couple nominations here and there. But this is one of those movies that 15-year-old Rick didn't give a shit about. I didn't care about a political thriller. But now, you tell me that there's a political thriller where Jeff Bridges is the president, Christian Slater is a congressman, Gary Oldman's a really piece of garbage senator, and Joan Allen is the potential vice president of the United States. I'm very interested in that movie nowadays. Maybe not you, but me, very interested in it. And, uh, and she does a great job in that movie. And it is a true lead actress performance, which is something that is in short supply this year. Sure. So we basically have to just... And oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even mention my last one. This one might be my ride or die. Catherine O'Hara for Best in Show. Mm. Again, riding the, the Schitt's Creek train here. Catherine O'Hara is criminally underrated as a comedic actress. And she's amazing in this movie. And the whole Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara bit in Best in Show is one of the best parts of the movie. So in Shits Creek, in best in Best in Show. Oh, okay, Sorry. in Best in Show. But I, like, also, like, you could probably say that about literally every project that they're in. I'm also supportive of that nomination because she's a fellow Canadian, so ah, we can uh, we can support there. And you know, she never got her due for her work in Home Alone, so. Never got her doing we'll, we'll do some anything. hindsight. The mom in Home Alone. So, all right. So, you, you're, you're throwing some love behind Catherine O'Hara. Who are you willing to sacrifice? Um, Kirsten Dunst or Sandra Bullock? I feel like 
Can I be honest with you? Yeah, go for it. I feel like mine should replace yours. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I do. Simply because Kirsten Dunst is the one I would keep out here, of yours. Here, here's my question. Okay. We're going to put this up to the, the listeners. Shit. I know where you're going with this. I already know where you're Do going you with this. Do you think any of them will vote for Joan Allen, the contender? No. All right. I'm going to be real with you. No. Which which explains a lot when we think about hindsight. And That's I would true. argue, too, Shit. that hate you. If, if I'm going off of, like, we're thinking the lead, I think you might have to go Sandra Bullock because, I mean, that movie is Sandra she Bullock. She runs that movie. Yeah. She's, and who's the second? Brad uh, Benjamin Bratt? I think so. I is it Benjamin? Yeah, Benjamin. That's but I will say growing up with right. two sisters, that was a very memorable movie, I think, for them. And they watched it. I saw it an, a handful of times from them watching it. Yeah. I think there's some memorable lines and things like that in there, too. So if I had to sacrifice one, I'd probably sacrifice Kirsten Dunst. Plus, plus, we've already represented Bring It On in the supporting actress category. So I, th- I like your thinking here. I like your thinking. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about a lead actress performance, Miss Congeniality doesn't get made without Sandra Bullock. No, like that's pretty locked in. Yeah. Um, also, Loki. Don't know if anybody remembers the song, the the one in a million song they use in the last like showcase. But the yeah, yeah. one in a million. Yeah. Loki like Night at the Roxbury style banger. <laughs> That I absolutely love. <laughs> and I will be looking up when we wrap up this podcast because that song freaking rules. So our final five for actress. Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich, which is going to be our winner. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley for Bedazzled. Catherine O'Hara for Best in Show. Sandra Bullock for Miss Congeniality. And Meg Ryan for Proof of Life. I feel good about that. I think I think you have to watch out for Sandra Bullock as a uh, as an underdog. I I would never pick it over it, but it's a popular, it's a popular uh, if, role for If her. I can get the right number of hipsters to vote for this, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara could come out on top right now. She's hot right now. <laughs> I'm just saying it could happen. Um, all right. Best director. Now, this one is, again, like I was talking, like I would argue that none of the directors here, with maybe the exception of Steven Soderbergh and Ridley Scott, are doing their best work. You know, we had some, we got the Coen brothers this year. We got Wolfgang Peterson this year. Gus Van Sant, Robert Zemeckis twice. There's Cameron Crowe. Like, there's some big names on here that this these aren't their best movies. You know, it's, it's uh, the Coen brothers, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's not their best movie. You know, I know that. Gus Van Sant for Finding Forrester. I know that's not his best movie. But, you know, still some solid work all around. The five nominees from that year were Ridley Scott for Gladiator, Stephen Daldry for Billy Elliot, Ang Lee for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Steven Soderbergh for Aaron Brockovich, and Steven Soderbergh for Traffic. David, you brought this up to me. You thought this was a really interesting point, that this is something that rarely happens, and it hasn't happened since, Yeah, where Steven Soderbergh got nominated for both of his movies this mm-hmm. year. That's a very rare feat, and one that you preserved. Yeah. 
in your nomination. So who who did you grab? Who I went, did you throw on here? I went Steven Soderbergh for Traffic and Aaron Brockovich. Okay. I went Ridley Scott for Gladiator. Yep. I went Christopher Nolan for Memento. Um, incredible. Incredible because of the direction that it took in that film. Like, like we're we're honoring directing. Yes. Regardless of what you think of Memento, which I really like Memento, mm-hmm. and obviously it we didn't give it love in any of the other categories. That movie is everything, a lot of the things that we love about Christopher Nolan. It's yes. not your traditional movie. It, nope. The story is told in a different way than your traditional way of storytelling. And it takes a lot of great direction for it to make sense at the end of it. Yeah. And so Memento, I think, is, while it's not his, my favorite Christopher Nolan, it's fantastic work. Impeccably directed. And then for my fifth one, this one was a tough one for me, and I will probably end up sacrificing this, but was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Joel and Ethan Coen. The Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers. Uh, other ones I probably considered for this one, Cameron Crowe was right there for me, Mary mm-hmm. Heron, American Psycho was right there for me, and I think the other one that was tough for me to say no to um, was Guy Ritchie and Snatch, but yeah, all, all of those are ones... That fifth spot for me could have gone to a number of different ones. Number of different ones, yeah. This one is really interesting because I really want to award Ridley Scott for Gladiator. Like I re- like Ridley Scott's never won a best director. And that's he's maybe one of the more prolific directors to have not won. You know, Zemeckis has won, Scorsese has won, Spielberg has won. No Ridley Scott. That's pretty incredible. However, this is like peak Soderbergh. It's yeah. like peak Soderbergh powers. Because after this, he gets a bunch of celebrities together and gets to go party in Vegas and make a, a blockbuster movie trilogy. Oh, yeah. And then gets to write his own checks and do his own weird experimental films on iPhones and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, Steven Soderbergh has to be left in here. Soderbergh won for Traffic. That's what he won for. So that's what I'm keeping him for. But I'm not keeping him for Aaron Brockovich because, like, let's give some more love to some more people. Uh, it's hard because I do want to continue recognizing that feat. Yeah. I kept Ridley Scott. I also threw in Christopher Nolan. I pulled the trigger on Guy Ritchie from Snatch for Snatch. I think it's probably maybe his best movie. Yeah, I would agree. It's one of the few on this list who we can say like this is his best movie. Mm -hmm. But the one that I feel strongest about is Mary Heron for American Psycho because that movie... Just like you were talking about with Memento, that movie is a singular crafted work by a director who knows exactly what want what they want their movie to be. Yeah. And she hasn't, I mean, this is maybe her pinnacle. Like, she hasn't exactly had a ton of opportunity to replicate what kind what American psycho has meant to kind of the film world at large, you know? She did the Notorious Betty Page. She did the Moth Diary. She's only done a few movies. You know, she hasn't done a ton of movies. And so I want I want to recognize her for that, and I want to throw her on there for that. So the question is, is like, what are we going to sacrifice here? Should I sacrifice Guy Ritchie so that we can keep Soderbergh twice again? And then you sacrifice Ethan Cohen so that we can get Mary Heron on Listen, there. Listen, I'm a generous guy. 
the, wanna, I'm, the I'm one t- to the, the one time I don't put American Psycho in is the time that you nominate <laughs> someone in. That's and, fair. And so, in honor of that, I'm going to be very generous and say, let's keep your nominations. I'll sacrifice wow. Brockovich and Oh Brother Where Act. You're incredibly generous. Is this because we're going a little bit longer than I anticipated? No, I'm a you know I'm a fan of American Psycho and. And a fan of Snatch. Hap- happy to give it more love, and I would gladly take Snatch over Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So. That, I think, I mean, again, I, I don't mean to reiterate my point, but American Psycho and Snatch are clearly the best and most recognized works of their respective directors. Yeah. Whereas Soderbergh won for a different movie this year. <laughs> so, and the Coen brothers are Fargo and No Country and, and all that stuff, like... I would argue that this one with the nominations is is possibly the most difficult one to pick a winner from. It's very difficult because do you take Soderbergh's big win away for traffic? Do you give it to Ridley Scott? Do you give it to Christopher Nolan? And then you have the two that we just talked about. Which very difficult. Which reminder with traffic, there are so many very cool directing directions that he in goes traffic. in that. That movie even is just incredibly crafted. Even down to the color yes. of the different storylines. The three storylines intersecting. It's it's fantastic to revisit. I re- I watched it I think within the last year yeah. and just absolutely enjoyed myself and and just the way that he put that movie together. It's very is fantastic. very well done. It's very well done. Not to say Aaron Brockovich isn't, but Aaron Brockovich is the more straightforward. Yeah, there's less directing that was needed or there's you know it's it's the less right. flashy directing right i think my favorite part we'll talk about aaron brockovich in a little bit but my favorite part about aaron brockovich is just how like the the movie set in what texas i think so that movie feels hot like the cinematography in that movie and the direction of that movie yeah. it just feels like every air condition is not strong enough yeah. it just feels like that movie's 120 degrees sure. and that's a big part of the directing and the cinematography. So our five directors for the Hindsight Awards, Steven Soderbergh for Traffic, Mary Heron for American Psycho, Ridley Scott for Gladiator, Christopher Nolan for Memento, and Guy Ritchie for Snatch, which leads us to Best Picture, David. This one, we we agree on most of them. We only have a couple of disagreements here. Actually, only one disagreement. And we just started talking about the one that we disagree on. Yeah. Well... This was, there were only five nominees, Boo. which sucks. And we, at the Hindsight Awards, always nominate Disgraceful. 10. It's disgraceful. It's a shame. Well, nominate more movies. Not a bad lineup, though. Not no. a bad lineup at all. You got Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which we haven't mentioned a ton in this, we'll in talk this show. Chocolat, maybe my, the big outlier. And then freaking Gladiator, man. Like, Gladiator. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, so obviously we brought this up to 10. Yes. We both did 10 because just like when we predict for this year's Oscars, we always throw 10 even though we know that that rarely happens. But yes. starting next year, it will actually happen every year. Finally. Finally again. So... When I was thinking through this, I kept Gladiator, kept Aaron Brockovich, kept Traffic, and I kept Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which, again, 
we didn't we took away a lot of its awards throughout like we removed Ang Lee mm-hmm. um let's let's lest we forget Ang Lee has two other directors well and, academy awards and let's also remember with Ang Lee that movie to me was more about the technology and the effects that it advanced because that's to me is what I remember about Crouching Tiger Hidden the Dragon. Fighting style, the, bridge, the fighting style, the bridge of cultures from from that type of cinema, that type of Asian influenced cinema yeah. to American audiences. And how many times have people been described fight scenes as it's like Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon mm-hmm. fight scenes? Very fantastical. I, I remember it when I was younger as being something I didn't like. I didn't like that everything felt weightless. I didn't like that. Sure. But it has permeated into Western movies. I mean, look at Mulan. Sure. Just most recently. Yeah. Carries directly from this movie. That yeah. says a lot. Yeah. And so I think while we may have not recognized it in the other categories, had we done like effects and some of the more technical categories, you would have seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and yes. what we would have would have given love to. A lot of below the line stuff. Yep. Um but outside of that, my other movies, so we had Gladiator, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, Traffic, Almost Famous, I put in there, American Psycho, no surprise there, nope. Castaway, yep. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, yep. Remember the Titans, Hell yeah. and Snatch. So this is the difficult part, David. Your and ours lists are almost identical. Mm-hmm. And mine are Gladiator, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, yes. Almost Famous, yes. American Psycho, yes. Castaway, yes. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Remember the Titans, Snatch. This little brief conversation that we just had before the start here about traffic Mm -hmm. is really (laughs) screwing with me. I was going to say, I'm surprised to see that not on there. Because traffic was the other existing nominee that I took out. And I have reasons. I mentioned how I think if I had to pick between Aaron Brockovich and traffic, I think traffic is the better directing Mm uh, example, Aaron Brockovich, I think, is a movie that has stood the test of time a bit sure. more. Is still very topical and very timely even right now. Whereas Traffic, it's a little bit more complicated. It's a little bit more complicated about how much sympathy I'm going to give a government official whose like spoiled white daughter gets hooked on drugs. Like, it's drugs have become, and I know this is a crazy statement to say. It's been more complicated. It's been a little bit more desensitized. We have more legal marijuana every, anywhere in the country now. That being said, they are not doing marijuana in that movie. No, they movie. are freebasing <laughs> like shit in that movie. <laughs> that movie taught me what freebasing is. <laughs> so thanks, Traffic. But I've already done it three times, so maybe I can make the concession here. I re- Best in Show is one of my favorite comedies. It's it's just is. It's probably on the top 10 comedies list. And I put it in here. I just I, I it's right now it's the 11th and it's sitting right on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I cannot pick of one. The only one I could think of to get rid of is Castaway. Interesting. Because the top 4 are locked in. We like those. Yep. Almost Famous locked. Yep. American Psycho Got a lock. Yep. Or Brother Where Art Thou, maybe not a lock? That that was going to be the one if if we needed to take one out to get your best in show in there. Yeah. I love Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Mm-hmm. It's not 
it's it's a very niche movie from the sense of like you got to be in the mood to watch that movie. It's yes. a lot of you know kind of back roads hillbilly kind of nonsense and that kind of stuff. A lot of and it's and it's really well done, but it's you know very specific. I feel like in in what you're watching. Man of um, constant sorrow. You want to talk about another banger of the movie? <laughs> I am a man of constant sorrow. Rips. Yeah. So. It's tough because I feel like Castaway, you know, is one that is not an easy let's sit down and and watch because you're watching a guy with a volleyball for a a lot of it. It's a drama. But it's super influential. I mean, they sold a line of volleyball lines with the hands on it. And we have people that yell, I have made fire when they're camping and all that kind of the culture. And that's one of the things that we talk about with the hindsight awards with that. And so. I mean, I don't think either you or I are ready to drop Remember the Titans or or Snatch. Remember so I feel the, like... Remember the Titans is close for me just because of... It is that textbook, inspirational Disney sports movie sure. that pays very loose attention to the actual facts. Sure. And it's like... I mean, that's also Braveheart. Like, Braveheart paid very little attention to the actual facts. You watch it. It did. Hey, I'm just saying that is that's not an opinion. That is true. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm just saying nobody ever suspected William Wallace of maybe being the father of the child, you know, of the prince of England. Like there's some the Battle of Sterling Bridge didn't even have the bridge in it. Like, I don't know. Anyway. Either way, we're arguing for a movie that's not going to win. It's true. And so because of that. I will go ahead. Well, wait a minute. If you sacrifice so brother where art thou and I put in best in show. Okay, no, that makes sense. Cause then I okay, I just my, my lists got confused. We'll use your list. Your list is the right one. Because I don't have traffic on my list, yep. even though I agreed traffic's gotta go on there. Yeah. So here are our to wrap it up, here are the ten. Best Picture nominees for the fourth annual Hindsight Awards. We have Gladiator, which is, I gotta say is gonna be the winner. Like, that's not changing either. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, Traffic, Almost Famous, American Psycho, Castaway, Best in Show, Remember the Titans, and Snatch. It's a hell of a lineup. That's a pretty solid lineup. I should also mention this is one of, back when this happened, when there was the split between mm-hmm. director and picture. At the time, it was rare. It very rarely happened. But it has become much more prominent in the last 20 years. I think last year was one of the few times where those things matched up, um, where Bong Joon-ho won for uh, Parasite, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, This year, I I think we're going to see it happen again. I think we're going to see Chloe Zhao and Nomadland take the top two. But that's a bit of a spoiler. We'll see. How do you feel about the nominees, David? I feel good. You feel I good? I feel like uh, like we talked about. It's it's not a very awardsy type year. No. But Still. I like the movies that we have on there. Yeah. The movies that outside of, I would say, Castaway and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and probably Aaron Brockovich. All of those movies I have watched within the last year, which I think is a good sign. There you go. It is a good sign. It's a good sign for you, definitely. Sure. I... I've probably watched less than that in the last year. But then again, I've been watching like Die Hard on a, on a loop. So what it's are you going to do? 
Um, cool. Well, we are going to have these. We are going to put this out on social media. We are going to put this on the website. And we are going to give you the opportunity to vote over the next two weeks to see who is going to win for the fourth annual Hindsight Awards. But before we wrap up, I want to remind you all again that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button. So take a second, give us a rating, write us a review, and share us with your other good movie buddies. Also, don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last... But certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, vote on the Hindsight Awards, and more on our website, PopcornDietPodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.